Women's basketball lays an egg down in Miami. Men's basketball is going turkey hunting this weekend. And we have a very interesting comment for Fan Friday. Let's have a Friday. You are Locked On Wolfpack, your daily podcast on the NC State Wolfpack. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Wolfpack Nation? It's time to get locked in with Locked On. Thanks for making Locked On Wolfpack your first listen each and every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. Maybe you can put those towards some NC State basketball tickets on Saturday. Happy Friday to all. As always, I'm Grayson Boone, joined by former Wolfpack defensive tackle Kenton Gibbs. We have a ton of Fan Friday submissions to get through. There's a very fun one in particular that's probably going to take up the majority of the time. So without further ado, let's get into it. Thought we'd start this off with a little bit of fun, though. So we asked some of our Twitter followers after the game on Tuesday against Wake Forest, after we saw Kevin Keats blow up, get ejected, and in the post game, he had a little bit more spice. We said, Salty Dave has been well established, but Kevin Keats may have earned himself an alter ego tonight as well. What should the nickname be? We included some responses, <laughs> and what we're going to do is we're going to go through and grade them. So here we go. First one here from Josh Craig. He says, Crispy Keats. Kenton, what do you got? All right. So I don't like the two Ks. Don't love it. Don't love it. But Crispy Keats, in and of itself, not terrible. Not terrible. I, I like it a little bit. I'll say about a six out of ten. Six out of ten. I also actually was going to give this a six, but it's funny. All the double K nicknames in here, it, it makes me go to Krusty Crab. I want to say Krusty Crab <laughs> every time I see it, but a six for me on this one. The next one here. Now, this one's a little bit more intricate. This one comes mm-hmm. from Brian McCree. He says you can just type his name with two capital T's alluding right. to the double technicals. I like this one. I don't know if it works as a nickname, but it's yeah. good if you read it out that way. Yeah, it's and and for that reason, this is one of those very niche things, right? It's like pineapple on pizza. Some people like it, some people don't. It's an acquired thing. I say for me, I'm I'm a pineapple on pizza guy, but I'm not a double T Keats guy. I'm gonna give it a five. I'll give it a five. I like the creativity. He's getting a seven from me. Mm-hmm. Next one here from Mallory, Spicy Kevin. A little bit of a playoff of Salty Dave, but Keats took it maybe a step further, so he goes spicy with it. What do you got? See, here's the thing. Right now, I like that our coaches are having this overlap, right? They're having this crossover episode where Keats is like, oh, I don't drink bourbon, but, you know, I'm going to have my my time and all that. But I don't like the nicknames overlapping. I need the nicknames to be separate and individual because those two are very different guys. I'll go with a three and a half, four here. I'll go in in that range because I need something. We love you, Mal. We love you. We just need a little bit more creativity. I'm going to go with a five. It's okay. It's fine. It's it's mm-hmm. middle of the road. Next Grace one is making here. me the bad guy. He's making me the bad cop right now. No, no, no. Next one here from the Maverick with a capital Q. He says, Kevin the Killer 
Keats. Now, this is actually very close to what Kenton actually landed on, which was Kill a Kev, as you might have heard in our Wednesday episode. But I like this one. Ten. Ten out of ten. No notes. No, I love it. Love it. it this is this right here. That, fun fact, Grayson and I recorded before this answer came in yesterday. And when we when I saw it, I immediately banged the desk and said, darn it. They got it. They got the answer that we came to. I love it for you, Maverick. I, I, you know, 10. Love it. Next one from NC State Football News, Krabby Kev. Uh, I'm going to go with a four on this one. Yeah, like I said, not a fan of the double K. Um, Krabby. Krabby uh, (laughs) Yeah, right? Like, I, I can't. Because when you think of Krabby, like, is that? Is that something you really want out of a out of your head coach, right? Like Krabby? Mm, I'm going with a three. Now, this is another good one. Thinking outside the box from Mark Andrew Wood. He says, yeah. Klondike Keats, and I know it breaks the rule of our double K, but he says he's ice cold and, well, ice cream. I like the creativity here. I'm going to go yes. a nine with this one. I like this yeah. one. Me and Grayson are on the same page. I don't like the double Ks, even though it's in the name, but everything else, perfect. Perfect. Love it, Mark. Nine. Everybody, take your hits from Mark Andrew Wood. Last one here, and he's our guy. It's Dennis Holshue. Really not trying to blow up a spot here, (laughs) but we got to talk about this one. Cantankerous Keats. (laughs) And and here's the deal. Here's the deal, right? Dennis is one of our everydayers. Dennis, you know we love you, brother. You know we love you. And I'm going to touch your shoulder when I say this. We need to we need to kind of workshop this thing, okay? I want you to think about nicknames, right? You got Salty Dave, right? Chuck the Chess, right? Killer Kev, okay? Cantankerous. And that's before you even get to the Keats part. You've already beat them on just the first word. My brother in Christ, we got to go back to the drawing board. A one, one out of ten. But it's so bad, it's kind of good. Cantankerous Keats gets a one from me. It just, it's great comedy. It's good stuff. We're going to read a quick ad here, and then we're going to get into our actual Fan Friday comments here in just a second. Our first sponsor of the day is FanDuel. The NFL Divisional Round is here this weekend, and there's still plenty of time to get in on the action on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed. When you place just a $5 bet, that's right. 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is super easy to use. And there are so many different ways to bet, including live same game parlays, finding bets within the new explore tab and making a parlay in the parlay hub, which is the best way to find popular parlay. Maybe you want to sprinkle in some NC state men's basketball money line. In addition to some NFL divisional round betting, who knows just a suggestion. But visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. All right, we're back here with our actual Fan Friday comments. First one here comes from user and then a whole bunch of jumbled up letters and numbers. I think the reprimand was appropriate from the conference. Chris Paul got a one-game suspension for punching Julius Hodge in the jewels way back when. I still remember this game. If Horn had gotten a one-game suspension it would have effectively equated those two actions. And those two actions are not equivalent. This is a great point. And this is something that you even alluded to, Kenton, when we were discussing this 
just the other day. I do think that they got the decision to not suspend DJ Horn correct because you look yeah. around at past instances like Julius Hodge taking one to the uh, the nether region from the fist of Chris Paul. I'm still angry about that. And I know Julius Hodge is too. I love every time he repeatedly references that uh, kind of out of the blue on Twitter. It's always funny. But no, it, this is not a malicious thing. It, there was no physical harm. Should DJ Horn have done this like we've discussed already? No. Absolutely but not. Yeah. No harm, no foul. Slap him on the wrist. Keep it moving. I thousand percent agree. Again, this is to me anything that warrants suspension, gives somebody an advantage, deeply hurt somebody, is like deeply flagrant. That's just like a even if even if a ref saw you giving them the bird, what would he do? Right, attack. I think that that's what this were. I don't think a ref would throw you out of the game for giving them the finger. So, you know, I don't, what do you what do you think, Grayson? You think a ref would get double team you immediately for giving them the finger or what? Yeah, probably, what yeah. Yeesh, that's unfortunate. These are strict out here. Anyway, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> but as I was saying, um, yeah, I, I don't, you know, I, I really don't think it rose to the level of a suspension. I like the reprimand. DJ, don't do it again. Be smart, brother. This next one has two different layers to it. Now, you may have seen on Twitter the other day, our guy Ty asked this question. If you could build a team from any player since 2010, who would you choose? You have three guards two forwards, and a six-man. And, of course, the criteria was you don't have to pick the best team, so to speak, but you pick a lineup you think would mesh well and with guys that you have enjoyed over the years. So the second part to this question came on YouTube from Jay Gardner Pack. They say, they say, who is the best starting five from the Mark Godfrey era and the best starting five from the Killa Kev era. That's right, Killa Kev. Killa Kev is catching on. I like that. And who would win in a seven-game series? So here's my starting five from the Mark Godfrey area. My three guards. I have Lorenzo Brown, Trevor Lacey, and Scott Wood. My two forwards, TJ Warren and Richard Howell. My five from the Killa Kev era. I got Markel Johnson, Jarkel Joyner, Devin Daniels. My two forwards are two DJs, DJ Burns, and DJ Funderburk. Who would win in a seven-game series? I think it's the Got Man. I think he's going like four to one here. It's a gentleman's yeah. sweep. I think there is a ton of talent in these past Godfrey years. I think they're taking it four-one. Here's the worst part, right? If we do it, if we combine both and throw a six-man in it, it definitely swings it more towards Got's way. Uh, but I got Cat, DSJ, uh, Caleb Martin. TJ Warren and BJ Anya as as the five. Hey, listen, he's one of our all-time leaders in blocks, baby. You get hey, if you fair. can't give him nothing else, he's gonna protect that rim now. And and with that being said, um, for the killer Kev side of things, we got Jarkel Joyner, Jaquavion Smith, Darian Sebron, um, DJ Burns at the four, and Manny Bates at the five. And again, like I said, the, the six man thing would be where this this gets really hairy for um, for for Keats because my six man on Godfrey's team would probably be Trevor Lacey, which means you got instant buckets coming off the bench, and my six man on Keats side of things would likely be Devin Daniels, who he adds he gives you a lot and he helps out this the original starting lineup because you could take out DJ Burns. Put him in, slide Sebron down to the four to match up with TJ Warren. I tend to agree with you, though. I tend to agree that God has got this one. 
God is he's he's got this one. I feel like he he'd win this uh win this game, but it'd be vacated later due to some NCAA <laughs> violations. <laughs> because that's it's the got man. What you gonna do? You know what I mean? You take the good, you take the bad, and there you have Mark Godfrey. His seven-game no, series would be vacated, and then Keats would have to deal with the fallout. How about that? A thousand percent. It ain't on us. It ain't us. You know, that's a that's a that's a him problem. But very seriously, I think that uh, I think Godfrey's team takes that. Back to the on the court stuff. This one comes from JD Two Cylinder Nut. That's one hell of an at there. Anytime yeah. a coach sees his team getting screwed by the refs, he should absolutely blow a gasket. If he doesn't. What validates him in his players' eyes? This is a fantastic point, of course, talking about Kevin Keats getting ejected on Tuesday night. He did what he should have done. It yeah. was an egregious no-call from the officiating crew, who, again, was terrible the entire night. And for a coach, when your team is effectively spinning their tires in the mud and the officiating is that bad all night, you got to do something. A lot of times you'll see a coach get ejected essentially on purpose in an effort to fire up the guys. You want to light some kind of fire, get them going however you possibly can. Some folks don't agree with this. They think he was making a big stink out of nothing. I think he did exactly what he should have done. And how can you argue with it now? Because ultimately it worked. I don't think he went far enough. I think he should have went full Pat Bev and grabbed one of the, the uh, technician photographer. By the way, shout out to the folks at the technician. They do amazing work. Grab that camera and show them the shot. Like, this is verticality to you. Look at it. Look at what you've done here. But no, and it is very, very odd that the two-cylinder guys talk about blowing the gasket, talk about staying on top hey. of it. But um, very seriously, yeah, I, I think the Keats did exactly what he was supposed to do. I'm not mad at that at all. Absolutely. When you see that type of shenanigans, when you see that type of foolishness, and you don't call it out, it encourages it to proliferate, and I'm not. Next one here from Jason, NCSU 2007. He says, don't look now, but we just need to go 500 in the rest of ACC play to match last year's 12-8 and ACC record. We may need slightly better than that this year due to not having that signature non-conference win. Obviously, it also matters who you win or lose to and evade those bad ACC bottom feeder losses. Also loved Cranky Keats in the post game. Okay, there's another nickname, Cranky Keats. Here's the thing here, and it kind of speaks to a bigger point in that this basketball team needs a whole lot more attention than what they are currently getting. Because again, they're now 5-1 and one in the ACC. They have a chance to go 6-1 and one if they're able to beat Virginia Tech on Saturday. And they're sitting currently tied for second in the ACC after we're getting close to halfway through the ACC schedule. What more do folks need to start buying into this program? Does it look pretty all the time? Absolutely not. Is the offense anything like you expected it to be? Absolutely not. But are they winning games? You better believe it. They are finding ways to win games. Like Jason said here, you only have to go 500 from here on out to match last year's record. But here's the thing. We want more than that. We're aiming higher than that. We don't want to go 500 from here on out. We want to go like 750 from here on out because why not why can't we do that we have the roster to get to where we're trying to get to to land in the top four of the ACC absolutely that is on the table here we want to run the table in the ACC and then make a run in the conference tournament that is all very much still in play you've only lost to Carolina who you do have to see again so you get another shot at those guys again folks already writing this season off and 
We want Keats gone. We're never going to do anything. I've seen this story before. We're 13 and four. We're five and one. And sure, you can look at the net and the quadrants and the strength of schedule all you want. But if they keep winning games, the rest is going to take care of itself. Yeah, I 1,000% agree. And first thing first, Jason, you just barely avoided a shoulder touching. Let me tell you why. <laughs> Not only did you do the double K, you condensed it into one word. Oh, oh, solid two and a half, three. But for the rest of this, you're absolutely spot on. And I'll argue this as well. This is not the ACC of old, right? Of course, you don't have a situation where you've got Ralph Sampson and Jordan and all those guys. This ain't that. College basketball isn't that anymore. You don't have stars like that sticking around for two, three, four years. That just isn't the reality. And so with that in mind, I do think that NC State would need at least 13 to 14 conference wins to get into the tournament unless we get really hot in the conference tournament and and win it or, you know, get really deep as in like a runner up or something like that. Um, But, you know, this is. Yeah, I agree. Evade those bad losses. If you lose the teams that are at the top of the conference, you'll be okay. And I'll say this. The basketball team is at a very similar spot to where the football team was. Every game is winnable. Every game is losable. Let's see how you act. And last one here from our guy, Andy. The Virginia Tech game on Saturday is on the CW. Mark it a dub. Well, well, well. If it isn't our old pal over at the CW broadcasting another NC State athletic event. Obviously, you never want to guarantee any wins here. But I'd be remiss if I didn't also say NC State has never lost on the CW. It's a certifiable fact. It's a home game. It's 12 noon. The fan support needs to be there. Everyone needs to pack PNC, yeah. get loud, get behind this team because they're still building something, whether you believe it or not. They're still building something, especially in the win column. But do we get a little CW push on Saturday? Certainly hope so. And y'all got to remember, Grayson and I, in doing our research for the uh, Team God versus Team Killer Kev, and doing our research on that, we realized – the worst team in NC State history was very recent. The yeah, worst right. basketball team in NC State history was very recent. This man bought this team back like a phoenix from the ashes and made something shake. I don't know. I, At the end of the day, I know that you want to say, hey, this team hadn't beaten anybody. Guess what? Like I said before and like I'll say again, this is not the ACC of old where you're going to have seven, eight teams ranked, six, seven teams ranked. This ain't that. Those days are gone. They may never come back again. And in the day that we live in right now, your team is 14-3 and three with a 5-1 and one conference record. Get behind it. Get with it or get rolled over, as the kids say. Up next, we'll be discussing the women's loss down in Miami and the men's matchup on Saturday with Virginia Tech. After a quick word from our sponsor, our second sponsor of the day is Game Time. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game Time is the fastest and easiest way to buy tickets for all of the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, Game Time takes all the guesswork out of buying tickets. If you're looking for tickets for Saturday's matchup against Virginia Tech and PNC Arena, get on over to Game Time. We'll even save you a little bit of money when you do so. 
But on game time, you can see the view from your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect upon arrival. Their all-in prices show your total upfront, so you know you're getting a great deal before you check out, and you can buy tickets in just seconds with only a number of taps. They have deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and even an hour after it starts. It is the place to find last-minute ticket deals. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Create an account and use redeem code Locked On L O C K E D O N for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last couple minutes here on Friday, a little bit of a round ball roundup. We'll start with the women's team, a ugly 73-59 to loss at the hands of the Miami Hurricanes. I guess you could say I put my foot in my mouth a little bit. I told you Miami is likely not capable of beating us. You saw how that went on Thursday night. But this is the exact reason you have to get off the bus, get focused, and take them to church. Absolutely did not do that whatsoever. It was relatively non-competitive on Thursday night. And sometimes... You have one of those nights. I believe they shot about 28% overall. It comes for everyone at some point. And it was just a brutal shooting night. I think we had like 16 turnovers. And many of those 16 were extremely ugly. Just careless passes, not taking care of the basketball. And that sort of thing will compound when when you play against a team as quick defensively as Miami is. So it was a brutal game. Do I take a whole lot from this game? No. I think we're going to be just fine moving forward. It's a tough loss. You don't want to endure any tough losses, but sometimes it happens, and this team's going to be fine. You know, this game was definitely an aberration for this team for a multitude of reasons. We talk about the balance of this team. Only three players were in double digits this game. Not only were only three players in double digits this game, only five players scored, period, this game. Going beyond that, Isaiah James had her roughest shooting night maybe of her career um, as a whole. Tania Rivers, you know, the turnovers are going to kill you every single time in terms of, of having that many. But the reality is this night is not indicative of who this team is because, again, a team that that prides themselves on balance and you only have outside of Collins, Brooks, Rivers, 10-point score by the rest of the team, 10. That is, you know, every time you look up with that type of situation with this team, you're going to be looking at a loss because this team doesn't have players who go off for 30, who go nuclear for that type of game. That's just not who this team is. This is a team, they get it to you multiple ways, death by a thousand cuts, not one player going nuclear. So when you look at that type of situation and you look at the slow start combined, I think it's about time that one of those slow starts caught up because I always talk about Westmore teams are known for that kind of, oh, we got to wake up and get out of bed. You know, and then they figure it out. "Mm -mm, You can't do that, especially when you're missing a player like River Baldwin. You have to start fast. You have to get out the gates and get going or else you're going to end up with an L like you did. And I don't want to put her on blast here, but quite frankly, Isaiah James almost shot us out of this game. I thought she just played a little bit too fast, a little bit too out of control, because sometimes she'll play like that and she'll drop 28 on somebody. But tonight it was 2 of 16 for a grand total of 6 points. Just didn't have the control tonight. It just kind of snowballed from there on out. It was a tough loss. I don't put a ton of weight into this loss. Just like Kenton mentioned here, 
you come accustomed to slow starts, one of them is going to come back and bite you. It just so happened to be Thursday night in Miami. Yeah, absolutely. And Isaiah James, you know, we we talk about the game that she had and how poor it was, but let's make no bones about it. Isaiah James taking multiple steps forward is a large part of why this team is doing what they're doing. More than doubling her point output from last year, 1.5 more rebounds than she had last year, more assists than she had last year. I mean, everything that she's doing, better field goal percentage, uh, better three-point shooting percentage, better free throw, better percentage from the free throw line. She is doing everything at a better clip than she did last year. This was just one of those bad nights. She's a great player. It's just a bad night. So I don't want anybody watching the next women's basketball game going, Isaiah, you've got to stop. It's okay. Switching gears over to the men's side, of course, they do welcome in the Hokies on Saturday, 12 noon on the CW in PNC Arena. I'll put it to you this way. Virginia Tech is effectively has two players that can beat you. Their names are yeah. Sean Padula and Hunter Couture. If yeah. you shut them down, Virginia Tech will not beat you. Yeah. End of story. It Sometimes it is that simple. And, you know, like we saw against Wake Forest, sometimes you make someone a hero for the day. For them that night, it was Andrew Carr. Virginia Tech does not have any other auxiliary players that are capable of that type of performance. If you have Jaden Taylor on Padula and you have Casey Morsell on Hunter Couture and you can keep them in check and NC State can shoot at a relatively decent clip, sometimes that's a difficult ask. I think this game could be relatively under control. But again, this is another call upon the fan base. Pack PNC, get loud, wear red, and support this team. They deserve it. If game time is giving you $20 off of the next ticket to an event and your next event that you're going to is an NC State basketball game against Virginia Tech, Grayson, I want you to guess, how much do you think that ticket would be? Lowest price ticket is probably like 28 bucks. So you knock 20 off of that, maybe like eight bucks to get in the door. Close, five, $5. So help us help you. You can't even get a hot and ready for that price no more. You can't even get a foot long from Subway for that price no more. The $5 foot long is gone. It's gone. But you know what you can do for that price? Go support the pack. And of course, support us by going to game time and all that good stuff. But support the pack. Okay? Get out there. Get loud. Get rowdy. Make it tough on Padula and Couture and company. Make it tough. That'll do it for us here on Friday. Another great week for Locked on Wolfpack. Tons of fan comments. We are very appreciative of all the support. Again, cannot do this thing without Wolfpack Nation. Make sure to hit that like button. Drop your comments in the comment box. I'll get to all of those. And mash that subscribe button on your way out the door if you have not done so already. You'll probably see plenty of commentary from us regarding the Virginia Tech game on Saturday on Twitter. Who knows? If the game is crazy... Maybe we'll even throw in a post-game live. I, I have like an itch that we haven't done that in quite some time. Maybe we'll throw that in there. Who knows? But until then, we'll see you Monday. Go Pack. Go Pack.